This is the Worship Circle Podcast, and I'm your host, Todd Fields. Fall is in the air. It's getting a little bit cooler. We hope it gets cooler quicker around here in Georgia. I hope you're having a great season. First things first, rest retreat, October 24 to 26. We have some spots available and left, and if you would like one of these awesome spots, amazing opportunity to jump in to be cared for, to hit pause in the doing of ministry and to get away in the North Georgia mountains in the best season of the year where the leaves are changing and we get to hang out and sing and worship and rest and hear some teaching that's going to really encourage your heart and soul and just allow you to be present with some brothers and sisters who will care for you. Sign up now by going to worshipcircle.com forward slash rest. We hope to see you there. We hope you get one of these remaining spots. You'll be joined by our coaches, Matt Marr, Meredith Andrews, Callie Heiligenthal, Christine DeMarco, Charlie Hall, Mac Brock, Paul Balash, and myself. And we even have some special guests that I can't name now, but hopefully I can name as we get a little bit closer. But Rest Retreat, October 24 to 26. We'd love to see you there. Give yourself the gift of hitting pause and you can bring your spouse if you want to. We have room. Um, We have private rooms available as well. So reach out to our team, worshipcircle.com. All the information you need is on there. And also, we have a new term starting in the middle of October as well, which happens right before the rest retreat starts. And you can sign up for one of those small group spots at worshipcircle.com forward slash program. We just love to have a conversation with you about it if you're at all interested in taking a journey where you allow yourself to be poured into and your soul to be cared for. Uh, for a six-month term with our family. We're here for you. Uh, We love you, even though we may not have met you yet because you're family. And wherever you serve, God is with you. His presence is with you always. You're seen. Your story matters. Your song matters. And uh, we don't have all the answers by any means, but we have learned over the years how important it is for us to pay attention to our own hearts um, as we're walking with Jesus and following Him first and foremost. And uh, pay attention to his presence in the day-to-day, not just on Sunday when it's worship leading time, but in the day-to-day, there's so much of an opportunity to give him thanks in all things. And whether you're in a valley season right now where you can't figure out what's going to happen next and you're fearful or anxious, or you're celebrating, uh, we're learning as a, as a family how to bring all of that to God uh, as an offering to him, all of our grief and our pain, our sorrow, our heartache, our questions, and also bring our joy, our gratitude, our hope, and um, our belief and our faith and bring all that to Jesus in a daily basis and learn to walk in that rhythm. So we're here for you. We love you guys. We'd love to see you at Rest Retreat. Sign up now, grab one of those spots. And if you need any information or get somebody to get on the phone to answer any questions, email us at support at worshipcircle.com and we'll be happy to reach out and have a convo with you. I'm really excited about our guest today for the Worship Circle podcast. She's a dear sister. She's been in the Worship Circle family close to since we began eight years ago. I think Kim has been around for like seven years with us. But um, our whole team, our whole family has been blessed for years by um, Kim's passion for Jesus, the story of God through her life and her um, just constant ability to listen to him and say yes in the way that she loves others, loves her family. And uh, she's been a small group leader with us through the years. So if you've been in Kim's small group, you know uh, how special of a time that is. 
Um, Kim actually has a couple of spots left for fall. So if you're interested in one of those ladies and you're listening, uh, uh, send us your uh, information through the application at worshipcircle.com forward slash program. We'll get back to you in that. But we were so excited to catch up with Kim. We had a lot of laughs and just a lot of fun um, catching up with her story, her and Skylar's story is there. They had a recent move a couple years ago and just all that God's uh, doing in that journey. But it's my joy and honor to introduce to you our dear sister and someone who can sing the pants off. Sorry, not to say it that way. <laughs> someone who can throw down um, vocally. But the reason there's power is because there's power in her trust and her surrender to Jesus and uh, his story through her and her family are just beautiful. So we love you, Kim. Thanks for being a guest with us today. And for you listeners, we pray you're blessed by this interview. And um, we're here for you. You're loved and not alone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Worship Circle podcast. We're delighted to have uh, a longtime Worship Circle coach, dear sister, Kim Walker-Smith with us today. Kim, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Last time we did a podcast interview, Kim, you had just come on as a coach. It was years ago. Yeah. And you and Skylar were in California. Your kids were a lot younger. Uh (laughs) And a a lot of life has happened since (laughs) then. So, Yeah. We've got, we've got some time to catch up with everybody and just, I'd love just to hear, you know, what God's doing right now in this season with you guys. I mean, it's a, it's a big move to go from California to Montana. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a, <laughs> You're a snowbird now. <laughs> oh, that, you know, that was my, that was my biggest concern. I was worried, you know, how will I survive winter? I, I love warm weather and I'm, I'm a warm weather person and sunshine and I loved in California um, we lived, our, our farm was kind of in the, the foothills of the Sierras and, um, yeah. we could drive to the snow in the winter if we wanted to be in the snow, but it was not forced upon us, you know? And, um, here it, I mean, that is not so, I, I it, it is forced upon you, especially when you least expect <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really big move, but, um, God was in, in it the whole way. I, I kind of felt like God was speaking to us about moving for a while, but I was really resistant to it. And just, um, yeah. I didn't even want to pray and ask God because I felt like I already knew the answer in my heart and I just wasn't ready for <laughs> it, you know? And, um, yeah. I finally, when I finally did, I just felt like the answer came so quickly and I had multiple dreams, um, that I felt like really confirmed the word that God was speaking and telling us to go. And then it just happened so fast. And that was another thing. I, I kind of thought, well, it's going to be a while or it's going to be a process. And it was not, I mean, it was just the flash of an eye and we're just, we're gone. We moved and, um, the household quickly, we found a house here quickly. Um, it all just happened really quick. And, um, honestly, when I, when I got here, I was, I felt like I had just been, turned upside down and I don't know, was in another universe. And, um, really it's, 
I've been here in Montana for just over a year and a half now. And I feel like I'm yeah. just now starting to feel grounded and settled and um, mm. like I'm ready to put down roots. I wasn't even ready to put down roots because I was just kind of like, what am I doing here? What am I doing with my life? You know, it just, it just kind of turned me upside down. But the funny thing is, um, it was a walk in the park for my husband and my kids. My husband, wow. you know, Skylar, you know him. He's come <laughs> alive in this place. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I, he was made for this kind of country. And um, he's already, he's uh, jumped in with a ministry here that he's actually been connected to for many years before we moved here. Um, he's kind of started up a, a, a ministry with his dad where I now I'm not going to do any justice trying to explain this, but he um, started this thing where basically he and his dad take men out who have always wanted to learn um, fishing, hunting, outdoor type stuff, and maybe they didn't have a dad, or maybe they did, but they didn't. Their dad didn't teach them that. Maybe their dad didn't know that stuff, you know. So they take them out into the wilderness. They kind of teach them these things, but they also help them connect to the heart of the father, which is something that mm. my husband is so good at. He's extremely pastoral, extremely caring for people, very relational. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've I've met um, a couple of the guys random that he's taken out, and they just said, "Skylar has changed my life." just radically. And he's, he's such a good friend to people, you know, like when, when you're in with him, you'll, you'll be in for forever. And he'll, he'll be yeah. the guy, like he'll, he'll remember you and he'll text you and he'll check in with you. And so I'm really happy for him because he's just, he's coming alive in a new way out here and starting new things. And I am just now starting to go, okay, I think I'm ready to <laughs> go into what's next and do what I'm going to do here. So yeah. So you're saying he's kind of like a worship leader outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of more one on one and with other guys and their dads. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. He's really great at it. And he's, he's doing, he's just living his dream. We, um, we ended up buying this, um, it's a, a horse and cattle ranch. Um, for those listening, we had a farm in California and we sold that farm and basically bought a farm here. And um, yeah. the the people who owned it before us, they owned a bunch of bars in town. And so one of the, there was a, a barn, I guess, that they converted into kind of an event space, kind of a meeting space. Yeah. And um, he set up have like a bar set up in there and I think hosted weddings <laughs> and things like that. Um, yeah. Even have like a little stage with stage lights and everything set up in there. <laughs> it's just really funny. Um, and then there's like uh, male and female bathrooms. Like it's, it's just set mm -hmm. up for, for events and everything. And um, it's kind of a long random story how we ended up with this property, but um, we've just been dreaming about what, what God wants us to do here and to build here. And um, we have a lot of ideas and we feel pretty excited about what's coming and some, some just new, new and exciting things. It feels like a, a new day and a new time. And um, we feel excited about hosting some things out here um, at the property oh, yeah. and um, yeah, see what happens. Do the kids ever get on the stage and have fun? Oh my gosh. Yes, they do. <laughs> they have a blast. 
they're they're really funny. You know, the boys want to be funny and wild and kind of show oh, off, yeah. and my daughter wants to sing, and she gets annoyed at yeah. them. Like, get out of her way and get off her stage. You know, they're kind of messing it up. But yeah. So what what do they think of mom singing? Like, because I, I haven't talked to you in a while since they've gotten a little bit older. Do they like just stare at you, or like what do they think? Well, about this it? is the this is so funny. I mean, I'm really kind of giving away a lot saying this, but this morning I I walked out of my bedroom, and you know I I'm doing this today, so I I did my hair, I put on a little makeup, like I walk out, my daughter goes. <laughs> Mama, you smell good. Does that mean you're going to go sing? And I was like, okay. Like, this, no, no you're a, a farm mom. When your kids go, you smell good. Are you going to go on a stage and sing? So, oh, my yeah, goodness. it was hilarious and embarrassing. But, um, yeah, That's great. my boys, you know, they they kind of figured it out a bit ago. And, and what they will say is um, mama helps people find Jesus. And so they, um, they understand that and they, we always talk to them about, this is part of what we're called to as a family. We talk about individual callings and family calling. And so we, we invite them into that and we have them pray for events with us. And we, we want them to feel like they're part of it. You know, they've, they have toured, all of them have toured since they were two months old. Um, so they understand kind of the depths of what we're doing and, in partnering with Jesus and then introducing Jesus to other people. My daughter, I think she's a little more starstruck. I think she sees it a little bit more like in her mind, I could be a pop star for all she knows. You know, she she loves the lights. She loves singing. She loves dressing up. She loves all of that. But I will say we recently just did an event out on the the Crow Reservation close by here. And at one point I turned around um, to look behind me and my um, oldest and my youngest, my daughter, Maisie, were up on top of our truck with hands raised, just worshiping Jesus, just <laughs> going for it. And it was just the best sight, you know, it was just awesome. It was the outdoor thing. And the truck was just right there behind this little tiny stage, you know, and they were just up on top of the truck, just worshiping Jesus. And I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life and be content. This is awesome. That's amazing. And as I, as you tell me that I'm thinking about what I know about your story and what you share with us in the worship circle family and in your book, brave, and just the journey you've been on with God in your lifetime, how much you're you know, your stepdad impacted you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to, we don't have to go into all that cause it would be hours and hours long interview, yeah. but I would love for you just, just to share, share a little bit in a nutshell of this idea. We talk a lot in worship circle about the idea that you're loved and not alone. Yeah. And maybe backing up just in your journey, what are some of the moments and your snapshots, your story, just in your mind where you're like, I didn't even know how much God loved me then, but he was doing something. He saw me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and I'll I'll just say, you know, for anyone interested in hearing the whole story, you mentioned it, but brave surrender, brave surrender. Um, surrender. My whole story is in in the book there. But, um, you know, my parents divorced when I was four. I had um, two stepdads before my third stepdad 
who was a, a Christian, a really incredible man who came into our lives. And um, because of the abuse that I had gone through with this, the previous stepdads, um, by the time my third stepdad, his name was George, came into our lives, I was um, 11, 12, right around there when he came into our lives. And um, I, I was just so, I was in so much pain and so wounded and also just ready to fight, you know, like I was really tired of, of what I had walked yeah. through and I did not want to walk through that again. And so I kind of came into the relationship with my, my fist swinging and kind of going, you're a man and I know what men do. They hurt you and they leave you. And I'm not going to put up with that again. I'm not, and I'm not going to be a victim anymore is really how I felt right. like I'm, I'm going to fight. I'm not going to put up with this. And I, I really, I really was mean. I, I, I told him, I hate you. Don't talk to me. I don't want anything to do with you. You're not my dad. I was just very mean. And, um, he had this incredible habit of every morning before the sun came up, he would get up and he would go out in the living room and he would turn on worship music and he would worship, he would sing, he would pray. And um, when I would get up, you know, for school, I I would see him in there and I'd hear him and, and he he wept a lot. He was just such a, a tender hearted man. And um, I, would, I would be so offended um, at his prayers. I would hear him praying for me, you know, and, and hear him asking God, you know, show me how to love her and how to be a good dad to her. And he'd be praying for my day at school. And I would just be, I was just so offended. And and I think I was just really offended because I just didn't even know how to receive that love. And I was angry yeah. that he was loving me even when I was rejecting him. I just couldn't wow. process that. And I, 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 I kind of wanted, um, a response and the response that I wanted was for him to reject me. And when he wasn't and he was doing what my brain just couldn't even understand, like how how could right. you love me like this? How could you love me when I hate you, when I'm mad at you, when I'm angry at you and I have anything yeah. to do with you? And um he just never stopped. And um, mm. it, I got, I, I gave my life to Jesus wholeheartedly when I was a senior in high school, I was about 18. And, um, really followed the Lord after that. But I, I had to go through a lot of um, inner healing and counseling. I, I mean, I did years of, of counseling and, and inner healing and really uh, getting set free, getting delivered, just getting freedom from the past. It was not just like a, a one moment thing. It was a very long, tedious process for me to walk out. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of came out on the other side of that that I felt ready to have a relationship with him. And, um, and he just loved me through all of that. And, and, you know, now I look back and it's incredible because I see, first of all, he was showing me who Jesus was before I really knew Jesus. He was really showing me that this is a way that Jesus loves us, that he, he loves us even when we reject him. He loves us when we spit in his face and tell him we hate him. He he loves us when we run away from him. Like he just does not stop loving us no matter what we say or do. And um and he has um he, he pursues us, which was another thing. You know, um the way that that George really pursued me and pursued my heart. You know, it wasn't just standing off to the side saying, I love you uh, you know, good luck with everything. It was really a pursuit. <laughs> he really was. Yeah. He was constantly trying to do things for me and move towards me all the time. And again, this is totally 
how Jesus is. We, we may not always see it at first, but I totally believe that when we look back at our life, we can see, wow, you were really pursuing me. Even when I was trying to run away from you, I kept running into you. <laughs> like This is how much <laughs> you were pursuing me, that you were just setting me up in so many different places, run-ins with yeah. people or whatever it is. Um, you know, these were my first real encounters with, with Jesus and with his love and, and the recognition of, um, what we're talking about, not being alone. And, um, and George passed away a few years ago, um, from Parkinson's disease and, and, um, right at the end of his life, I, I, finally got to, to sit with him and tell him how thankful I was for him. And, you know, I, I have some regrets. I, I wish I would have told him sooner. Um, I wish I would have had more compassion on him when he was sick. I was really scared, and um, I I didn't know how to handle uh, his sickness, and it kept me at a distance at times. Um, I think I, uh, you know, I just wish that I understood more. I wish I was more compassionate. I wish I wasn't so scared, but. I did get to tell him right before he passed how much I love him and how much he meant to me. I got to tell him, I'm a Christian because of you. I, I'm a worship no leader because of you. He's the one who showed me what worship looks like. Seeing him worship through that disease and that sickness and, and faithfully every single morning worshiping. I mean, he loved worship. He played the steel guitar and he would play on the worship no team way. sometimes at church. Yes, he loved the steel <laughs> guitar. Um that would be great in Montana. I know, I know. Yeah, he um, he just was a um, just an incredible man who who really uh, showed me my you know my first interactions and encounters with Jesus was was through him and through his love and uh, compassion towards me. So you um, didn't he, he used to sing in the morning? You were telling me. You were yes, telling us he would sing and he'd worship, but he also he loved to wake us up singing songs, which drove me crazy and up a wall. I mean, just so happy every morning. And I was a teenager, you know, have you ever met a cheerful teenager in the morning? They might exist. <laughs> I haven't met one. I'm, they might be out there. I kind of hope mine are, but I wasn't, I was not a cheerful teenager in the mornings. <laughs> Golly. Well, all I know is you taught a few weeks ago for us and, um, it was just cool. It was cool to have you back cause you took a break from worship circle. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, and I, I could just sense, I was even telling some guys behind the scenes. It's almost like you've been in Montana and kind of, I don't know. It just seems like you've been kind of marinating in this new season. Yeah. And, and maybe slowing down some, mm-hmm. and you've always had a fire about you, but when you taught, I was like, dear Lord, <laughs> <laughs> Kim's been, Kim's been hanging with the horses and the animals, yep. and the, you know, and it's like, but the fire of love for Jesus is there. It's always been there. And we love that about you. And, um, it's been amazing. I was going to ask you this story. You told it at the rest retreat, and I don't know if this is a detour, but, um, when you were talking at the rest retreat last year about freedom and being brave and not being afraid. And you told the story about going to the beach with your friends. Yes. Yes. That was, it wasn't, you, you, yeah, you were talking about how, you know, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but you were relating it to this story. And I was like, I was dying. Yeah. I, well, the story is that, um, I, I, 
in the whole kind of process of the um, the inner healing and the counseling that I was going through, it was really digging up a lot of stuff inside of me, things that I, you know, from my childhood, I tried to suppress for years. And in that process, um, an incredible amount of fear was coming out of me. And I, I think... Um, Looking back, I I think that the fear was there to try to keep me from total healing and freedom, and I think the, the, yeah. I think the enemy it was just kind of an assignment an attack from the enemy to try to keep me in a place of um, locked up and just not free, and um, mm-hmm. I got to this place where I just couldn't leave town. Like the idea of traveling was just terrifying to me being in an unfamiliar environment. And I would just be like hyperventilating, like I can't handle it. And um, (laughs) me and a friend had tried to drive over to the beach, which was about a two to three hour drive from where we lived in California. Um, We're more inland. And I mean, we didn't even get halfway before I was having an asthma attack, like anxiety. And I had, we had to pull over, had to get my inhaler, we had to turn around, go back. I just couldn't do it. And, um, this one day I had kind of been getting more and more and more free. And so me and some friends decided, well, we're going to do this today. We're going to go to the beach. And I felt ready, like I'm ready to beat this thing. And I don't want fear to control my life anymore. And, and I've been yeah. gaining more freedom and I just wanted more freedom. And so I, um, it was me, another girl and two guys. We load up in the car. One of the guys is driving. I'm sitting in the back and there's just like really pretty Jason Upton worship music playing. And it's just mm-hmm. really like, it's Jason Upton. It's like so sweet and heartfelt and really pretty. Yeah. And so it's kind of quiet in the car. We're all just listening and just um, just kind of engaged in the moment. You know, we're driving through the mountains and the trees. It's beautiful. But all of a sudden I felt that fear coming in and it's like creeping up my throat. And I can feel, right. you know, that my it's getting harder to breathe. I'm getting short of breath and, and that the anxiety is rising in me. And this kind of righteous anger comes over me and I'm like, I can't take this anymore. And I'm, I'm ready to just lose my mind. And I just really quick roll down my window and I lean out the window and I just at the top of my lungs, just scream, I'm not afraid of you. And my friend startled them, but then they all went, they rolled down their windows real quick and they all leaned out and went, yeah, you know, they just really me on. And then um, mm. the moment I did that, I just felt it break. I just felt that the hard to breathe, the anxiety, like it just broke. And I, and I really wow. felt free. And it just put me in the greatest mood. I mean, I was just so happy. I felt light. I felt joyful. I felt free. It was awesome. And I felt excited about the day. We made it to the beach. I was there. And um, we're, we started at one place. We're kind of going down the coast and stopping at different spots to get out, look around, explore, you know, whatever. And we get to this spot where there's a little parking lot on the side of the road and this giant rock. And out you walk around the rock. And on the other side is this huge um, cliff that you can walk out on and take pictures. We went out there and we were out there like five minutes. We were just, it was like a quick pit stop, take a picture, get back and keep going. And um, when we walked back to the car after we got our picture, I was skipping because I'm just so happy and exuberant. And I'm ahead of everyone because I'm skipping. So I come around the rock first and I see there's another vehicle parked facing the road Um, But next to our car, uh, on the opposite side of where I am, there's someone in the driver's seat. The car's running. 
the passenger door is open and the passenger is standing between the two cars, um, like looking in our car. And again, this is like the opposite side of, of where I'm, where I am. And I stop skipping and I just start like kind of walking slowly over there and I'm looking, watching like, what is that guy doing? And all of a sudden I see a crowbar come up and I hear a loud oh, no. pop <laughs> as he breaks a window open. And I can only say it must have been because of the freedom I had just got. I mean, I was just on like a freedom high. And I yeah. just shouted, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and I just took off charging across this parking lot straight towards him. <laughs> and the funniest part to me is that I distinctly remember him looking at me with huge eyes. And he looked mm. terrified. and. I mean, this guy was big. He was at least six feet. He was a pretty muscly guy. He was wearing a shirt that was ripped off. He got tattoos everywhere. Like, he's a large guy. And I was a pretty stringy beanpole girl running after him, yelling, you know, at him. I, I Sometimes I wonder, like, what did he see? Like, did, did he see yeah. a big old angel behind me here? You know, like, <laughs> because he looked terrified. And he reaches in and he grabs my friend's purse. And I, I scream, that's not yours. I'm even, I'm yelling, I'm going to kick your butt. I'm like, screaming this. I, I don't know where this came from. It's like an, a new Kim. And he turns to run with the purse back to the car, which is like right there. Um, but the, the straps... Uh, snags on the glass and it drops to the ground. And I see him look at me, look at the purse, look at me like he's trying to figure out, does he have enough time? And I'm just like, don't yeah. even think about it. And he grabs the <laughs> purse and he lunges for the car just as I lunge for him. And he lands oh like the majority of his body on the seat, but his legs hanging out of the car and the guy floors it. And I land and just eat the pavement. I mean, like oh. gravel in your skin, like oh. eat the pavement. And it's funny because I remember when that happened and I, I kind of rolled, but I kept my head up the whole time because I was memorizing the license plate. No. <laughs> it was hilarious <laughs> to me. Like I was so focused and um, I get oh up my. and I'm just like, oh man. And I turn around and my three friends are standing there just wide-eyed staring at me. They've seen this whole thing. And they said, Kim, what would you have done if you caught him? <laughs> and I was like, and then like reality set in. I couldn't believe I just done that. I it was just like I didn't know what came over me. I just I had no fear, no fear at all. <laughs> you know, they say if, I've got a friend who grew up in South Africa in the bush, and he said that if you lock eyes with a lion, you have a split second to live. And the only way you live is to charge at him. Oh my gosh. And, and it's not in our DNA. He said, if you, if you flinch, you're toast. But he said, every person and every animal has a fight or flight reaction that's in their body that they can't, but the first one to charge wins. Yeah. <laughs> so I always told Charles, I'm like, I'm not going to charge a line. I hope that never happens. But you did that with this guy. You're like, yeah. Bing. you know, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to take down the giant. I, I feel like that was just like a, a marking point for me. I, I admittedly, I have been in a few instances where that fight or flight kicks in. And every time I have chosen fight, 
I have yet to yeah. fly. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It, it has gotten me in a little bit of trouble sometimes, um, like meaning like a little dangerous. But yeah. my my instincts so far have been fight. <laughs> you're, you're a fighter. You're, you're a warrior. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to meander again, but backing up, first time I ever heard you sing How He Loves how did that whole thing happen? I, haven't, I don't even believe I've ever talked to you about it because I heard you singing John Mark's song. Did you get in touch with him? Did you guys hear that? And you're like, this is a great song. I I actually, I went out to uh, North Carolina. I was just living there for a little while. And um, okay. I met John Mark through my friend Molly. And Molly. Yeah, I met Molly when I came to California with Carrie. Yeah, so yeah. Molly um, is John Mark's sister-in-law. John Mark is okay. married to her sister, Sarah. And, um, so I met John Mark when I was out there, just, you know, the family connection. And at the time he was the youth pastor at the church that they were at. And, um, he did worship and I heard him do that song. And while Mm -hmm. he was doing that song, um, and I, I don't think he had recorded it yet. I think he was about to record it. Um, when I, right. or, or he had recorded it, but hadn't released it yet. It was somewhat something like that when I was there, but he did it live. And, um, I had such a significant encounter with Jesus listening to that song. I loved it so much that when I finally made my way back to California, um, I just decided I wanted to, to, to do it, to lead it at our conference and, and record it. And so we did. And, uh, yeah. The rest is history. <laughs> how, how long had Jesus Culture been, you know, a ministry and you guys a band before that song came out? So the along? song came out in, I believe it was 2006. Jesus yeah. Culture had been a ministry since 1999. And, okay. and Jesus Culture was just our um, summer youth conference. And okay. um, I let's see that the album that it came out on was our second album. And and we, we weren't trying to, you know, back then, um, the only other kind of church or movement that was recording was, um, Hillsong. And so nowadays it's very common and normal. Everyone, every church, everyone does it. But back then it wasn't that way. We were just trying to record, um, CDs so that the teenagers coming to our events, um, yeah. could take it back home and, and keep worshiping and stay connected to Jesus. So that was really our goal. And then um, How He Loves went viral and the rest is kind of, that's when Jesus culture kind of became more of a worldwide movement. At that yeah. time, it was more just, you know, California and surrounding states. We had people from other states right. coming. It was a large youth conference, um, but it wasn't until then that it kind of took off. And even back then, the, the word viral was not really... Like, I mean, YouTube was still very new. It's kind of crazy talking about this. You know, it's also funny. Side note, I just talked to someone the other day and they were talking about, um, they, they came up to me and they said, yeah, I've been, um, listening to, to your music for years, following you for years, um, all the way back to when you were a teenager singing how he loves. And it cracked me up because I was in my early twenties and everyone thinks that I was a teenager back when they first saw me. But when I first started leading worship and when people first saw me in those early albums and videos, I was in my early, my mid twenties, which I'm I'm fine with. People can think I'm, I'm younger than I am. That's totally fine. (laughs) That's funny. It reminds me of the, uh, 
what's the movie Grease where everybody was supposed to be a teenager, but they were yeah. like mid twenties yep. as actors and actresses. It's like, it was the perfect season and the perfect time. Yep. Well, what's going on musically now for you? Cause I know, you know, you've had projects come out. You did the one in the theater in Reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's out. Yeah. Yeah. That was right before um, the COVID shutdown. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, such a funny story about that. We had it scheduled to record that in, um, was it February? February. And um, I was feeling like it was just too soon. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, it just felt too soon to me. And I wasn't ready. This is in yeah. 2020. And, um, I couldn't, I, every time I prayed, I felt like the, and I was asking the Lord, this feels too soon. You know, should I, should I stop this? And I felt like the Lord was telling me to ignore how it felt and to move in obedience and, and just obey that he's telling me to do this. And I felt like that's the first time that I've ever felt the Lord really say that in regards to something like this. Um, Because normally I really trust my gut instincts about timing with stuff. Um, But this was one time when he said, ignore that, whatever that feeling is, and just obey and record this album. And so I did. And and it went amazing. Everything came together. And it was awesome. And then the world shut down. And it was insane. And we had it all captured and recorded and everything. (laughs) And so I actually put it out um, the summer of 2020. I think it came out in July or August of 2020, Mm -hmm. which was great because I kind of felt like, man, there's a lot of songs on there that I needed. Um, But it's also kind of hard to release something in 2020 because, you know, you couldn't really go anywhere or like tour or whatever at the time. So anyway. But um, yeah, what am I doing now? Well, I, I mean, I am just now kind of emerging out of where I feel like I've been. I feel like I've kind of been hiding for a little bit here. You know, I, I mentioned that moving to Montana, I feel like it turned me upside down a little bit. But I feel like there's been some rewiring and some refocus and some, um, you know, I turned 40 last year. So I'll just put that out there. Everyone who, I, I'm just blowing minds right now. Everyone who thought I was a teenager in 2006. Um but I, I really feel like I have left a season of my life and I'm entering a new one. And, um, and not that I think, you know, it's uh, the next 40 years, like I hope I live longer than 80. Um, but I, I just feel like, um, I, I don't know what else to say except that, like a, a season. But, you know, seasons I think are shorter sometimes. This feels longer, like if I were writing a book of the first 40 years, the book has ended and we're starting a new book for the next 40. And, um, I just feel like God's really been talking to me a lot and I've really just been listening. And, um, it's been kind of nice to not be doing much and to be home, um, to just have that, to listen and to process Mm -hmm. and allow him to speak to me about what's coming and what's next. I feel like I've changed my mind about some things. I feel like I've, um, grown in my theology. I feel like I've, um, been discovering a new side of, of, of Jesus, you know, that a new facet of who God is. And, um, Mm. so I think musically what's next, uh, I have some ideas about it, but I would say the biggest thing that I feel is, um, I, I really (laughs) trying to think the best way to say this. Um, I'll, I'll say two things. One is mentorship. I feel like um, 
I really feel just a, a burden for that, for mentorship and what, what mm-hmm. that looks like and could look like. The other thing that I really feel is, um, I feel like I'm opening a can of worms here, but I'm going to say it. I feel like um, it's weird how worship music has become an industry. And Absolutely. I feel like um, we've kind of gotten into this. Uh, there's just so much, so, so, so much. And it's all starting to sound a little bit like an echo chamber to me and um, just a bunch of repetition and uh, trying so hard to have the next big hit and trying, I I mean, I gave up trying to get on radio. I I, I feel like number one, it's hard (laughs) as a female, it's very male dominated, but also I just, I think radio and me just don't really, I don't know. I've, I've tried, but um all, all that, but but that's a lot of times like that's the the, the verbiage that is used. Like, got to get a radio hit, you know, all this stuff. And um, I just feel like we've, you know, there's a little there's a little bit lost in all of that. And um, I would like to see some of that returned. You know, it's it's a bummer when you know churches start recording albums and they realize like, wow, there's actually a lot more money here than what we even knew or realized. And pretty soon, you know, they're building budgets around albums and purchasing yeah. buildings around the budgets they created with the albums that they're saying they're going to record. So they want to do it every yeah. year because they worked it into the budget. And then suddenly we're asking worship leaders to write songs for an album for mm-hmm. a budget for people's paychecks, not write a song because yeah. God's moved on their heart. So I know I'm like opening a big old can right here, but I just, this is something that I just like the Lord's really been speaking to me about with burning yeah. my heart and like, that's really sad and hard. I mean, worship leaders, you know, when they start talking about burnout and some of the things that they're feeling, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you've got an entire budget resting on your shoulders. You've got to produce songs for a budget, not for the Lord. <laughs> you know, so I right. just, um, I, I am very familiar with this industry and with the world we're in. And I, there's just some things I just feel like I want to change and want to see different. And if I could go back to Kim, you know, 20 years ago when all this started yeah. for me, uh, I would warn Kim and I would say, let's do some things different and let's put yeah. some things in place to prevent some of this stuff from happening. Um, and, yeah. and I don't think we could have known. I don't think we could have seen where all of this would go. Um, and, and it's totally God, like God's the one who opened the doors. God's the one who moved. God's the one who did all of that. And it's incredible. I'm thankful. Um, but there's just some ways that things have gone now that I'm like, I just feel conviction. I think it should be different. And, um, yeah, so I'm, that's a lot of what the Lord's been talking to me about. And I, I've got some, Things run rumbling around my head about that. So, I feel like sometimes Kim is a ministry worship circle. Like we're part of my heart is that I feel like we're trying to undo what we the mess we yeah. made. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like all of our coaches are kind of coming in, going time out. Like all the stuff you you think you want and you need, yeah. you've already got it right where you are. You're so loved right where you are. Yeah, your story matters your voice matters and you don't have to strive. Yeah. And it sounds like the, uh, the idea of be still and know that I'm God be in Montana and breathe the air. Yeah. Like all of that is just the supernatural that happens in the stillness and the quiet and the, 
and then just slowing down yeah. and just apparent as I talk to you. It's really cool. Um, man, that's exciting. It'd be cool to hear something that I've, I've been challenging worship leaders to go. It doesn't have to be corporate to be worshiped. Yeah. Like, like, man, write a song from your heart to God or mm-hmm. to, about family or life or whatever. It's all from him, through him and to him. Yeah. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll hear a Kim album that's from the farm. Yeah, you probably will. You probably will. You never know. Just something about life and reflection. And anyway, I would love to hear something like that. Speaking of, you know, this is the Worship Circle podcast. You've been a coach for like five years or six years Mm -hmm. with us before pausing when you guys moved to Montana. You're coming back um, to coach this fall and uh, for some girls and just maybe any thoughts you have reflecting on leaders listening we're famous for being busy and we're, we rarely ask for help, but just as somebody who's been kind of a mama bear to some of these ladies, um, anything you want to pass on to them, if anybody listening that's going, what is this? And why is it, why is it necessary? And what does it do? You know? Yeah. Well, it is, it is really hard to do something for yourself when you feel really busy, especially if you're someone who makes like the checklist and you've got to check off the things on your checklist and you kind of go, well, maybe I'll get to that when I do all these other things first. But the reality is um, we all kind of know this, but we just don't live it all the time, which is we have to take care of ourselves if we're going to be giving out and pouring out and leading others. We have to be um, making sure that we're good and we're healthy and we're happy. Um, Moms sometimes are the worst at this. Moms are just like, uh, you know, I would die for my children. And sometimes there's days I'm like, I think it's happening right now. (laughs) I am dying (laughs) to serve my children. And there's a, you know, we, we put ourselves last a lot, but, but the reality is, you can only do that for so long before you're just not even helpful anymore because you're just a mess and you you need to make yourself a priority from time to time. And Worship Circle, I think, is a really actually great and easy way to do that as a leader. We're talking about once a month, maybe sometimes more, depending on how our meetings are going or whatever. But let's say once a month, you're meeting with um, other people, you're getting to connect and build relationship. You're getting poured into by your coach. You're um, getting poured into by you know the the main sessions, whether it's a guest speaker or one of the coaches teaching, or you know like there's this. Um, it's a very small, minimal requirement for what you're actually getting out of it. And to, to, to even, I think it's just so helpful to have, um, someone to ask questions to, you know, something that we would talk about a lot in my group is, um, team dynamics, you know, relationally, how, how do we work with other people when we don't always agree or we don't always see it the same way, or we have different ideas or whatever, Team dynamics are some of the most challenging things. And it can also be really draining sometimes, <laughs> you know, when you're like yeah. pastoring, mentoring, leading people. And some, mm-hmm. with some people, you're like going around the mountain again and again and again. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I just think it's so helpful to have other people to just, I need help with this. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know what to do about this. Or do you have any ideas? Do you have any suggestions? And um, this is just a, an, a, small way that we can do something for ourselves. And so yeah. um, I think it's a lot of fun. Well, it's fun getting to know everybody. I think we all grow. It's good. Yeah. 
We've loved having you. And um, I have so many good rest retreat memories with you. too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like from, from Kim's first rest retreat in Georgia where she, no, this is the second one. She had been to California at Mount Hermon on the West coast. And then she comes to Georgia. And I said, when you get past the lake and Kim's like, that's not a lake. Yeah. I'm from Cal- I'm from out west. That's a pond. I still laugh at y'all calling that a lake. I mean, by my yeah, standards, yeah. it is definitely a pond. <laughs> well, Kim Kim's been a part of Rest Retreat so many years. She's pausing this year because she was not leading yeah. group for a, a year and a half. But just if you're listening, we still have a few spots left for rest. And Kim will tell you it's pretty in North Georgia. It is. Come be with us around the pond. Pond, and, yeah. Um, yeah, hang out with uh, some leaders that maybe you know and some you don't but we're going to have a great crew this year so you can find out more about that at our website well kim thank you so much for your time today thank you for gosh it's been good to be your friend and we love you and skylar and the kids and yeah we're grateful that um we're staying in touch and our lives are intersecting again and can't wait to see what god's gonna do yeah this next trip around the sun and uh just so grateful for you would you pray us out just for those listening and We'll call it a call it a podcast. Yeah. God, thank you so much for today and for this moment and for every person who's listening right now. And um, God, I just ask that wherever they are uh, listening, that you would just come in like a mighty wind and that they would just feel your presence there with them, inside of them. God, that you would just rest on them, on their hearts, on their minds, that you'd bring peace and refreshing right now. Um, Holy Spirit, come and do what what only you can do and, and come and just bring peace in our minds and joy in our hearts. And um, God, I'm so thankful for all the worship leaders. I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I, I love what you're doing in the church. I love um, that God, you, you are doing and moving and shifting and transforming and and God, um, I know it's been a, a hard season for so many and for so many churches, but God, I'm so hopeful about what's ahead and what's coming and and about what you're doing. And I, I love the body of Christ. God, bring greater unity amongst us, God. Teach us to walk together and to work together and to truly love each other the way that the way that you love the church, God. And um, teach us just to be more like you, God. And um, I'm thankful. Father, for just another opportunity to, to speak into the lives of worship leaders. We need each other. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Circle Podcast. As always, we want to remind you that you are loved, that you are not alone. And when you lead, when you walk with Jesus, we stand with you as an army of worship leaders that's growing around the world to bring hope to people who need hope and healing to people who need healing. We hope you join us next time. And until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at at Worship Circle and share this podcast and the information about it with any leader you know so that they can become part of this growing tribe of leaders on the earth.